G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And joining me on the line today, we're chatting with Michelle Mitchell. She's an award-winning speaker and best-selling parenting author. She's been termed the teenage expert by the media and is sought after for her compassionate and grounded advice for parenting tweens and teens. Michelle started a career as a teacher, but soon discovered a special interest in well-being. She left teaching in the year 2000 to found Youth Excel, a boutique health promotion charity which delivered tailor-made life skill programs and psychological services to thousands of young people and their families. Today she uses her experience to write and speak in schools. Uh, she also does community events and a lot in the media as well. Now, we're going to open the phone lines a little bit later today if you've got any parenting questions, so get ready to call through. Also, we've got a great poll at Facebook. Uh, we're just asking your feedback at Facebook today. What are the biggest parenting challenges in 2020? Maybe it's something to do with managing devices. Maybe it's something to do with getting them to exercise and get out of the house. Maybe it's how to resolve conflicts in, uh, in the family. We'd love to get your feedback. You can make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio or give us a call when we open the phone lines in around about 15 minutes time. It's my privilege to welcome to the airwaves, Michelle Mitchell. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Matt, and I feel thrilled to be here, actually. I've got my little cup of coffee going here <laughs> and my feet kicked up, so we're going to have a great chat. Wonderful. It's so good to connect with you, and uh, I'm good friends with your dad, Alan Wills, a well-known preacher mm -hmm. around Australia and around the world, and uh, we've been Facebook friends for a long time, but I don't think we've ever actually met, uh, so it's great to chat. we've tried chat. to a few times. <laughs> yeah, this is great. It's uh, good to connect. Now, let's hear a bit of your story. Uh, whereabouts were you born and raised? Actually, Brisbane. So I've always lived in Brisbane. Started on the south side, but I'm on the north side now. So it's a beautiful place. The sun is shining. Birds are chirping here. And um, the only thing we complain about is when it gets a bit windy. So Queensland <laughs> weather is amazing. <laughs> and tell us about your faith journey. Were you, were you raised in a religious household or? Yeah, like you, like you just mentioned, my dad was a minister. He actually started as a hairdresser, but ah. I think I was about grade seven when he became a pastor or one of the pastors then at, it was called COC, I believe, mm -hmm. but it's now City Point over at Mansfield. But my dad was a real old school minister, so our home was like a drop-in centre. People were there literally all the time. Um, and our kitchen table would host everyone from people who were in government to people who didn't have anywhere to live that night, so someone homeless. And we just got to experience such a vast range of people. And well, I often talk about those kitchen table experiences because I think they taught me so much as a kid. <laughs> well, I was curious to know about uh, your uh, your faith journey because I've heard your dad share his testimony. Like he was kind of raised in a in a pub in England, wasn't he? Is that right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. So 
very much, yeah, the pub life for my dad and had a, a very big transformation and a kind of faith journey for him. I think when you grow up in a, a faith-based home, it is a little bit different, but I, I have very distinct memories in Sunday school and especially in my teenage years when you go searching a little bit more for your own identity where I, I feel like I had those big salvation connection moments with God. And was there uh, one moment, like was it a crusade or a camp or an altar call? Can you remember when you, you crossed the line of faith or was it just a gradual thing? No, I think I actually think I can remember in Sunday school when I was about five years old, this beautiful Sunday school teacher would read this book about heaven every single week. And it was back in the days where we assumed kids had an attention span. They could read a book more than once. So <laughs> she, would, she had this massive, you know, those massive picture books that they used to read? Um, <laughs> No PowerPoint slides, nothing like that. So she would just read this big picture book and I, I really felt like I just had that real strong sense of belonging to God, you know, and and that my life having importance and significance and purpose that, that had to be grounded in Him. And I know we all want our kids to feel special, but I very much feel like that sense of feeling important and having purpose is, is critical for our kids. Mm. And tell us about your early career. What did you do after school? Okay, so I started in teaching. So everyone starts somewhere, don't they? And, um, for me, teaching looked like a, a really good fit, but I always knew, like even from my own teenage years, that I would work with teenagers. Um, so I taught for four years and I looked around and I said, one of these things is not like the other one. And I was the odd <laughs> one out, Matt. <laughs> I didn't care about maths and English quite as much as some of those other teachers. So I, you know, I quit teaching, but I founded a charity. I started to mentor girls. I ran small group programs in, in high schools and really things evolved from there. And uh, I built that charity over 20 years and did a lot of different things, but ended up with a psychology clinic with 12 staff. Um, and had the privilege of, I guess, walking beside families in some of their really tough times. Mm, wow. So tell us a bit about, uh, so is it Youth Excel? Is that, is that what you're still running? Yeah, no, yep. I actually closed it and, you know, part of my staff took some of it over as well. Yep. That was about three years ago now. And as my, I guess my journey has evolved, the writing and speaking side for me has become a bit more dominant. Okay. Um, and it it was a lot trying to do it all. Mm. Um, and it was a type of thing that was very hard to kind of just outsource and not be highly involved with as well because it was quite a boutique place. But I feel like I'm best situated right now with what I'm doing, which is writing and speaking. And um, I just want to help as many people as possible. I mean, people are amazing. And I love people. I love being with them. And I love the opportunity for, you know, to be able to connect with people's hearts Mm, wonderful. Well, I'm just looking through the list of books you've written here. I'm, I need to read all of them, I think. So uh, we've got Everyday Resilience, Helping yep. Kids Handle Friendship, Drama, Academic Pressure and the Self-Doubt of Growing Up. Uh, is that a recent one or was that one of your earlier ones? No, that's actually a really recent one, and it comes with a journal for tweens. So that's the parent book, and then there's a kind of like an accompanying journal. They they both stand independently, but the journal for tweens is for 8 to 12 years old, mm -hmm. and that one's been so um, popular and really helped kids, and just getting feedback from parents on that one has just, just made my day. Mm. So, yeah. That's such an important topic at the moment, um, and I think it's something that you know every parent faces at one point. Watching their kids struggle needs a little bit of help to know how to navigate that one. Mm. Now, I've got a uh, 22-year-old girl, 
a mm-hmm. 15-year-old boy. Well, he's, he's 14 today. Tomorrow he turns 15, a 15-year-old boy, and a 12-year-old girl who's going on 25. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, I, so it looks boys like... or girls easier, Matt? What do you think? <laughs> well, to be honest, my, my boy is pretty cruisy. He just yes. <laughs> he just chills out and does his thing, and we we do our boy yeah. thing. You know, the girls yeah. a little more complicated, I would say. <laughs> just being honest, is that okay? They're not listening. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one of your other books, I'm curious about uh, what teenage girls don't tell their parents. Oh, mm-hmm. I think I need to read that. What what's that one all about? <laughs> Give us the scoop. That's my fit. Yeah, that's my very first book. And when I read it now, it's just so raw because at the time I was working, I guess, more in the capacity of a youth worker. And so I was really listening to young people and and I was on their team and advocating for them with their parents. But one of the things they don't tell their parents is that they really do love them and that they really do need them. And it's the biggest misconception is that young people need independence to grow up. They don't need our control a lot of the time, but they actually need a huge amount of connection and void of safe adults in their lives. They can really um, run off the rails a bit. We need to be those guardrails and kids expect and appreciate it when we do, Mm. even though they make it hard for us sometimes. Mm. Now, uh, we've got this question at Facebook today. What are the biggest parenting challenges in 2020? Uh, it's a fairly mm-hmm. broad question, but what, what would you say uh, from, from your experience and what you're seeing? Yeah, look, I think technology is always right up there. How to manage technology, the addictive property of technology for all of us, but for particularly our young people, and anxiety. And those two things tend to surface constantly. I think with technology, even though we're worried about it, we don't always know how to tackle it. And even if we're told how to tackle it, sometimes it it just goes in the too hard basket. Um, But there's a lot of parents as well really worried about anxiety with kids and their capacity, I guess, to thrive and navigate through their challenges. I actually was listening to uh, one of your videos early this morning uh, on your website. Sure, and uh, I loved the line that you said. Uh, you said, I say to my boys, unstack the dishwasher now. The only thing I want to hear from you is yes, mum. I thought, <laughs> that, funny? that is brilliant. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, yeah. how many times do you say, can you unstack the dishwasher? Oh, dad. Oh, you know, and they go, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Have a good attitude. Just yeah. do your job. Yeah, that's it. I talk about in-charge energy, and I think if anything has been challenging this year, it's for parents to keep their capacity and energy up so they can come to the table and actually do their job really well. Mm. Whenever we don't have good in-charge energy, we've got less tolerance from the, for the emotional journey. We're unrealistic in our expectations of our kids. We either bark 10 extra instructions at them at once or expect the homework done yesterday. And the third thing we don't have is that kind of presence that shows up to say, I want this done and I want it now. And the only answer I want from you is yes, mum. <laughs> I love it. It's a, And we've got Jan from Curraby. How are you, Jan? Yeah, terrific. Thanks. How are you guys? Good. Have you got a question for Michelle? Yes, I do. Uh, it's not a teenager. It's a four-year-old granddaughter who um, just likes to be a little bit contrary. And if there's a sign that says wet paint, she will go and touch it. We're saying in the family, we don't do Halloween, so therefore she wants to do Halloween. So what's the best way to handle a, one who's contrary and wants to do the opposite to what <laughs> the family wants to do? <laughs> what are your thoughts, Michelle? Oh, Jen, I love her already. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> 
<laughs> yes. oh, I do. I love her. Do you know that uh-huh. behaviour? Now, I'm not a, a an expert of four-year-olds, okay, but this sounds very similar to a lot of teenage behaviour that I deal with. And they say that the toddler years are very similar to the teenage years. In fact, toddlers, those first words, they say, I want my independence and I can do it myself. I do it, I do it. They're actually a really normal and healthy thing to come out of kids. And our strong-willed kids, it's going to come out stronger. And for parents of really strong-willed kids, the challenge for them is being one step ahead. Did you hear me talk about in-charge energy just a minute ago? Uh, Yes, I was driving. Uh, I got part of it, yes. Yeah. The the challenge for your, is it your daughter or your son? Uh, My daughter, yeah, your daughter and, and son-in-law is going to be maintaining that in-charge energy. So they're just one step ahead. And saying things to her like, oh, I knew you were going to say that or I knew you were going to want that, so I've done this. And it's communicating to that child that you are in charge and that you are one step ahead. I knew you wouldn't like that for dinner and this is what we're doing, you know. And and that kind of, kind of I'm ahead of you. I've got the game ball covered. Um, this is what we're doing as a family. And really having tolerance for the emotional journey that she's going to go on when you do say no to her as well because that's where the real learning happens for her is with her emotions. Mhm, mhm. Okay. Well, I'll pass that on to my daughter. Um, she's uh, she is the eldest child of three girls. That's four year old. Okay. Yes. Um, she does want to take the lead. So, but I'll pass that information on to my daughter and my son-in-law, and I'm sure they'll really appreciate it. I think, uh, Jen, the most important thing is that we frame and talk about this little girl in the most positive of ways. Sometimes we can be sort of calling kids, you know, naughty or difficult or strong-willed, and it implies that there's something wrong or misplaced with them. Mm-hmm. But she's a normal, healthy kid, and she she sounds like she's going to do incredible things with her life. What it actually yeah. does is bring out challenges in in us because it takes us more energy to parent them. Yes, yeah, that's what they're finding. And they do constantly try and fill her love tank and be positive and Mm -hmm. they do try and direct her and they try and use the right tone of of encouragement and, uh, well, let's try it this way. Um, That's right. But, you know, I think it's going to be a long journey and so um, all the tips they can get are, are really valuable. So thank you very much for that. My pleasure. Love a lot and I tell you what, she's going to do amazing things. (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> we just, we just absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks for your call, Jan. God bless. God bless you too. Bye. And if you'd like to call through and join the conversation, phone lines are open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Our guest for the next half an hour is Michelle Mitchell, who is an award-winning speaker and best-selling parenting author. Uh, we just got a few quick minutes to the news, Michelle. Uh, mm-hmm. I really just wanted to unpack that with you a little bit. So, uh, you know, my my twelve year old is a redhead, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and is some have labelled her strong willed, but we like yes. to say that she's got leadership potential. Is that, is that a better way to look at it? Do you think? <laughs> I think so, and I think we need to be really, really careful. 
especially understanding that our kids go through stages of development where these things are going to surface more strongly than others. And it doesn't mean they're going to be difficult forever or go to jail or be difficult teenagers. Or Sometimes we can forecast our whole lives without really um, giving things a chance to unwind. The strength and the pushback that we get with kids can be placed in a lot of things. But I like to think that when kids know their own mind and they're I guess going for that autonomy and independence, it's actually a really healthy thing. It's not a bad thing. Mm, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, during school holidays, uh, you know, it's, there's some parts of Australia and school holidays, some aren't at the moment. But right now, parents are probably getting to the, the edge of, oh, when do they go back to school? Oh, hallelujah, <laughs> yes. it's, it's next Monday. Um, yeah. what's, what's your advice for keeping them entertained during the holidays, particularly the, the tweens and teens? Yeah, they. The problem is, is everything that they love, Matt, exhausts us. Mm. All right, so they love high energy, lots of emotion, um, uh, novelty, adventure, and like we just want to put the washing on. <laughs> and <laughs> they've got a brain that's like turbocharged. Their emotional brain is turbocharged, and their prefrontal cortex is underdeveloped. And for us. Our brains are so different. So we're coming to life with very different, I guess, um, brain spaces and, and our priorities are different. And I think parenting teenagers has got a lot to do with letting go of our comfort and embracing connection. And I always found when my kids were little, if I spent time with them at the very beginning of the day, doing what they wanted to do on their terms, the rest of the day would go so much better. And I think it's no different with teenagers. I think you've got to get in their flow and in their energy pocket. And once that's ticked off, you can probably, you know, revert back to the washing and the, the other things that mm. are floating your boat at the time. Very. And we've got Greg from Ararat. How are you, Greg? I sort of find that if you um, talk on a more positive note, you know, where you uh, tell them, where if it's too bad, you know, you have a talk to them and, Tell them they've got better potential than that. You know, they can be a better person, you know, and their destiny's in their own hands and to watch what they do, you know, and just tell them they're a better person than that, you know, and be a friend to them and try and win their confidence, you know, and rather than be a, a, an authority over their life. Be an authority, but do it in a friendly way, you know. That's what I find. A few good thoughts there, Greg. What are your thoughts, Michelle? I love it, Greg. I love it. i tell you why. You can say no to a kid in an authoritative way that, aims to, That's I guess, right. um, you know, manage behavior out of fear and control, or you can go soft and close. And even with a four-year-old or a 14-year-old, those moments where you sit side by side with a kid and actually speak into their heart can be really, really powerful. There's no doubt That's we're right. a GPS in kids' lives, but that GPS voice can get really, really annoying sometimes. And we need to chop yep. it up, you know, and we need to come in with a very relational approach. Connection's everything. Yeah, it sounds good. And Greg, you got yeah. kids, mate? No, no, I don't have any kids. Okay. I'll, I'll... I bet you've been a lighthouse in boys' lives, though, Greg, because you have that tone that sort of says, I can see potential in young people and I can call it out. That's right, and that's yeah. a real gift. Yeah, it's a gift. Some of the people some of the people I've dealt with that have been on drugs and that sort of thing, that's the sort right. of attitude that I've adopted. And it's been successful, you know, and my prayers have been pre answered as well, you know. And I'm really that's grateful exciting. to God for answering my prayers for them. Well, I'm grateful to God for you and the work that you've been able to do in people's lives. It's precious. Yeah. Good on you, Good. Greg. Thanks for your call, mate. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316.
And uh, we've got uh, Grace from Coolangatta. Uh, let me just see if we've got Grace, Grace there. Hey, Grace. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello Grace. Grace. How are you? Uh, good, thank you. Um, thank you very much for your work you're doing. It's amazing. And God bless you for that. And God bless your heart. Yeah, you're doing a wonderful job. You're very, very kind. I appreciate it. And have you got a question or a comment, Grace? Yes, um, I do, um, Michelle. I'm just like um, I have a um, 20-year-old daughter, like 27, okay. going to be, and she is like uh, I don't know how to explain it, but um, yeah, she's um, um, she's like um. Well, she wants to study to be a, um, a doctor, but it's just uh, the things that happen and, and money is not there for her. And she, she, sent us, she expects us to all to come up with it, but we don't have it. And um, just she's struggling with life right now and she's confused. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, it, it breaks your heart, doesn't it, when you watch your kids struggle. But Grace, can I say this? It's actually really normal for there to be moments of time in our kids' lives where they do lose their feet. And I think with so much talk about mental health and resilience these days, we're always looking for our kids to be thriving and we're always looking for them to be getting ahead. But it's sometimes during these times where they're regrouping and finding themselves that the most precious things happen in their life and right now could actually be an incredibly productive time in her life. Can you do something for me? I don't know if you've got a pen, but I would love you to write down these three questions. No, sorry, five questions. Because I feel like once young people are able to really deeply answer these questions, the rest takes care of itself. So questions like, do I belong? Am I safe? Can I do this? Do I matter? And am I enough? And for this moment in her life, she might be taking time to answer those questions and you as a mum can help her answer those questions and her life experience will help her life answer those questions as well. But as she searches for meaning for these things, they're going to be the springboard that propel her to do whatever she ends up doing, whether that be a, be a doctor or something else. Yeah, I am really proud of her. She's a really good. Um, she just feel she has the will that she 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 can do all herself, and she doesn't need us. I feel like I said to her, I think we're here for her, but I think she doesn't get the the way that I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't Sometimes get Sometimes they're what finding I mean. their own feet, Grace, aren't they? They aren't answering those questions for themselves, and it's a really important time for her. Don't judge this season just by what she's accomplishing or how fast she's going. She's so blessed to have you as a safety net there while she finds herself. Yeah, um, yeah, she feels like, oh, yeah, she's, I'm, I'm here for her. And then um, I said to her, I said, you know, I, um, you can be mean, I, whatever you want to me, just I'll be here and you can just talk to me and tell me if you want to express your anger. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and that's exciting when someone's going to be the safe place for you and just allow you to be and to be accepted the way you are. And look, Grace, you have got an amazing relationship with your girl and hang on to that. It's the most precious Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, I love her to death, and she knows that. She, <laughs> she thinks I am her role model, but I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm a good role model to her. I'm just feel like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm a good you role model. Absolutely, you absolutely are. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your call, Grace. Thank you very much. God bless. If you'd like to call through and join the conversation, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. We've got about another 10 minutes with our parenting expert, Michelle Mitchell, on the line. If you've got a question or a comment, give us a call now, 1-800-316-316. Now, Michelle, I'm curious to find out a bit about these resilience, sorry, everyday resilience journals that you promote. Yeah, What's all this about? I know. Uh, well, they're 48, well, let's talk about the journal, which is for 8 to 12-year-olds. There is the parent book, but they've got 48 really practical strategies for kids around tricky friendship days, you know, handing gossip and meanness and how to be a good friend and how to be welcoming to other people and all that stuff they need in their everyday lives. The most beautiful feedback is that parents are saying it's helping them communicate with their kids about the stuff that's happening every day in their lives. And it's so important that our kids have healthy relationships and know how to build those relationships. So they're just a resource that parents are finding useful to, I guess, open the conversations that need to be open. Mm, absolutely. And I'm curious to know a bit about, you've, you've got a free ebook available for parents mm -hmm. of tweens, uh, which is particularly relevant after the recent TikTok incidents. Um, yeah, tell us yes. a bit about this free ebook that's available. Okay, there's a few of them, but... You may be talking about the resilience ebook, mm -hmm. um, and in there, I'm just giving parents all sorts of really practical strategies on how to help build their kids' resilience. So when they do go through tough times, they're going to stumble through, but they're eventually going to find their feet. And helping tune our kids' ears into their own inner voice and not just ours, and just being able to champion autonomy in their lives. We get this nervous bystander energy, Matt, when we see our kids stumbling that we we want to come in and swoop and rescue and do everything for them, but it's not always what they need. Um, imagine your kid having to kick the winning goal and you're in the audience watching. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like it's that energy that we often have when we're parenting. And we have to harness that energy, I think, to be effective and allow them to really think and wade through issues, um, knowing that inside of them is the next best step. Mm. And we have to try and draw that out of them. And seeing as how I've mentioned TikTok now, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's go there. Um, yeah. what, what's your advice about children or teenagers and devices? Like, is there an age yeah. that you think, yep, it's okay, they can do <laughs> yep. this? Or what, what's your advice yeah. on that? Yeah. Do you know, it's not so much... Um, or when, it's how. I think parents decide when their kids are going to be, you know, allowed to do this or that online or even just having a device in their hand really opens them up to the, you know, to a whole world and they get that in, in primary school anyway. So I think we can focus so much on the when and forget the how. And there's so many ways we can set up devices safely these days. Um, there's so much great software out there and the how has to also include our conversations and communication with them and our ability to check in with them. Please don't let them have phones in their room overnight. You know, mm. so many kids are sleeping with phones under their pillows and yeah. they're attached to these things. But the reality is they're designed to be addictive. And even for us as adults, it's a real challenge. Watch The Social Dilemma um, on Netflix. It's, it's just a great eye-opening doco that's, 
all parents need to watch and I think all young people need to watch it because managing technology is massive and we have to be very mindful of what's behind that and the money drive that's behind that for these companies. You know, I watched that with my wife and kids a couple of nights ago, Michelle. Yeah. And mm. oh my goodness. <laughs> mm. uh, so a, a lot of the, the, the stuff in there shows that the people that are behind all these tech giants are mm. using the same kind of, uh, you know, thinking behind poker machines. You know, they, they, yeah. you know they've got flashy colors, they, they make you scroll, they do all these things mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to try and make it's you repetition. get that yeah. dopamine hit in your, in your head yeah. so that you want to keep mm-hmm. on social media. And, you know, of course, it's all things in moderation, isn't it? You know, there's got to be a balance when, when it comes down yeah. to it, doesn't there? Yeah, but it's what our kids are missing out on because they are on their phones so much that worries me, like mm. the climbing trees and the riding their bikes and the fighting with their friends and all that kind of normal growing up stuff is what we want our kids to be engaging with. Mm. And when they're on those phones all the time, it's such an artificial world. Um, and the identity development that's happening through their interaction with those phones, when we're talking about moderation, we we really need to be mindful of where our young people are developing their identity and how they're developing that. Mm, absolutely. Well, our guest is Michelle Mitchell. Uh, we've got her for another 10 minutes. If you want to call through, call now 1-800-316-316. Maybe you've got a question about parenting tweens or teens, or maybe you'd like to ask a bit about uh, technology and how do we manage that in our homes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Call through 1-800-316-316. And Michelle, uh, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. I've been a senior pastor now for 15 years and always yeah. had... Uh, youth ministry, you know, in my heart. I just love working with young people because of the yeah. the call of God on their lives and their potential. But the the thing that really concerns me as a as a pastor and as a father, uh, some of the research shows that about eighty percent of Christian kids stop going to church after they finish school. Uh, now that's yeah. in the US. Yeah. It's probably similar in Australia. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing James Dobson say uh, his belief is that the biggest reason why kids fall away from their faith is because parents were Christian at church but not at home and they were hypocrites in the home. Uh, Would you just speak to that and and give us your thoughts on that and and how can we help our kids develop a strong faith where they stay strong with the Lord through their life? What's your thoughts on that? Mm, I'm trying to find the words and the wisdom to say what I'm trying to say, Matt. So so be patient with me (laughs) with this one. I think when our kids leave school, they have this world open to them and sometimes a lot of competing priorities in their life as well. So when they're going to uni, they're also working part-time jobs. They're also learning to pay the bill on their new car. They're, they're learning so much in such a short amount of time. And if they don't have those lighthouses and those really strong connections at church, I think establishing new relationships in church is actually quite an effort for them at that age because they've got so much else going on. I know we always think about young people as having so much time on their hands, but I've got a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old. I've got a 19-year-old that's building a business and a 21-year-old who's doing an internship and at uni, and they are very, very busy. And they also have a very big drive to be with their friends, which comes on top of juggling all those priorities. So I guess in church life and also in family life, the only reason or the main drive that kids will actually 
show up to church, if we're talking about church rather than just their relationship with God, is I, I actually think it has to be relationship with us as adults who really care about them mm. and who are going to give them the time that they need to feel connected in those environments. Absolutely. I, I think that's so true. Relationship is key. Absolutely. Um, now, b- before we wrap up, uh, I'd love to uh, ask you to just give us some info about how people connect with you if they want to find out more. Uh, yeah, sure. Website, Facebook, all that kind of info. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My website is michellemitchell.org and there's a host of free parenting stuff there. So everything from videos to articles to, you know, radio interviews are all up there. Look, my social pages, I really put a lot of work in them. So if you want to follow them, they actually will give you a stream of consistent kind of free kind of bite-sized parenting information. So if you go to my website and click through on the social pages, it's probably the easiest way to find it. But I think I'm on as Michelle Mitchell speaker. Wonderful. I've uh, I've connected with you on social media over the years. I've loved a lot of your posts and certainly uh, something worth connecting with. Now, we do have another caller. Let's, uh, let's go to John from Perth in WA. How are you, John? Uh, very good. I'm so pleased to be able to... Uh, listen into everything that's been spoken, and, I, and I'm so encouraged by what's been said. Um, one of the things I, I feel that now having had, uh, having had six boys and one girl, um, I think the, <clears throat> and now I'm 72 and I've still got two teenagers, 19 and 21, at home, and one of the things that I, I could point out to other parents is is uh, is keep your children uh, close to you in church till they turn teenagers. Search out a pastor or a church that would help you in being intentional with them all the time till they're 18 and uh, pray with them every night. Now, What's happened with my two teenagers is I got lost in uh, doing church things, you know, uh, being with connect groups and so on and so on. And I missed out on praying with them every night. And I remember when I used to pray with those two boys when they were younger, that made a huge difference in their life. So I just thought I'd leave that comment with you. Thank you. Wonderful. John, what are your thoughts on that, Michelle? Yeah, I think it's part of being soft and close for our kids, isn't it? And it's part of being there. And and sometimes when my kids have not wanted to pray with me, (laughs) and it's been like more of an eye roll, like, oh, get out of my room, (laughs) mum. I've said to them... (laughs) I said to them, I'm, I'm praying for you and uh, like I'm praying for this job interview or I'm praying for that. And they always smile because it's one way we can say to them, hey, my heart's with you and I'm actually trusting that there's even something higher. There's a, there's a God higher than me that's got his arms wrapped around you. We can't remind of our kids of that enough. And that notion of daily praying for our kids, I think, is the notion of we need to be daily reminded that our our kids' lives are in God's hands. Mm, absolutely. Well said. Now, once again, if people want to find out more, the website is michellemitchell.org. And I should just say thank you so much, John, for your call from Perth. Appreciate your call. Uh, and uh, michellemitchell.org is the website. If people want to book you, uh, you do... Uh, Speaking face to face, which is a bit hard to do with the borders closed, but you do a lot of online <laughs> stuff as well, do you? 
I do. I've got a webinar coming up soon, um, particularly for parents of teens. So 12 years old and up, I think, would be a great one for that. But I'm so looking forward to that. And I'm, I've actually got a webinar tonight. Too. It's a free webinar if anyone really wants to sort of get on and, and learn more. That's with the Victorian Parents Council, that one. Wonderful. Fantastic. Once again, all the links are at michellemitchell.org or you can look up Michelle Mitchell Speaker on social media as well. It's been a wonderful uh, conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. It's gone too quick, Matt. That was awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll catch up soon. God bless. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.